0: Chapter 8. The Elemental Forms. Snow scattered in front of Roland's face as he exhaled. The air season's first flurry had left a dusting across the practice ring's frozen ground. He laid there for a moment longer than necessary. The icy dirt against his jaw dulled the pain from the blow that had sent him reeling to the ground a moment earlier. It's not that you're too slow, Bastina said his mother's next lesson set ready for delivery, and he hadn't even peeled himself off the ground yet. Well, he is, his sister cut in. Anya, Valdar spoke his daughter's name in a reprimanding tone that brought everything into silence. Bastina waited until Roland pushed himself off the ground. You may be slow compared to a fused, but that isn't why your sister landed the blow. He spat blood onto the dirty snow before running a tongue across his teeth, ensuring none had vacated his jaw with his sister's eye tack. She hadn't even pulled the blow that time. He glanced up at his opponent. Anya paced at the far side of the ring like a mountain stalker, eager to pounce for the kill. A series of wooden posts encircled them within the confines of the forest. Luckily the practice ring was a good walk outside the village. This left only his family to witness the constant beatings he received during these sessions. His mother continued in a patient tone, You simply chose the wrong combination of forms. Tell me, why did you shift into the tangled vines? He got to one knee, picking his eye-tack off the ground beside him, but he couldn't find where his wooden talon had gone off to. I did it because Anya is so fast. She's fused for the mother's sake. I figured my crossing blades would help catch her next attack. Bastina sighed. With a quick-handed outsider, that form would have worked, but a fused speed is more than just quickness of hand. A nature form in that instant was too rigid, leaving you exposed. You need to know your opponent and be able to anticipate their next move. And as your mastery of the Kudan grows, you will do more than anticipate that move, but you will learn to dictate it. A wooden handle hovered in front of Roland's face. His mother held out his missing talon, or a poor replica of the hand axe he used for sparring sessions. It was a far closer representation of his own improperly forged version, with a nub instead of a long curving pick and a dull axe blade. He met her amber eyes as he accepted it, not finding a bit of sympathy in them. Rising to his feet, he muttered, Great, now that I've learned every form and potential transition, all I have to do next is see the future, then I'll somehow begin controlling it. Roland, Valdar used the same tone from before. Roland shook his head. I'm sorry, I just don't understand how I am supposed to do that. Despite his remark, his mother remained a portrait of patience. It takes time, but one day you'll master it. The Kudan is traditionally taught to those who return as fused for many reasons. When you fuse with your future companion, you will not only have its essence inside you, but you'll have the essence of every elemental stone used in the binding pendant. That is why the forms are grouped into families that are named after each of the elemental seasons as well as for the essence of a mountain heart. He stretched, feeling his latest collection of bruises report in from all over his body. Then why teach me the forms now before I've even gone on the trials? I've never asked before because I wanted to learn, but now that you've made being fused a necessity to mastering the forms, I can't help but wonder why. Bastina sighed before glancing to Valdar. It was almost like she didn't know the answer, but Roland figured she simply needed the support to get through to him. She might exude patience, but perhaps on the inside it was running thin. Valdar entered the ring from where he had been watching. When you fuse, you will carry the essence from the stones used with you forever. That isn't just the essence of life and the four seasons, it is the essence of gods. It will help not only tie you to the seasons of the gods and their creatures on Huérin, but to the elemental sources themselves. You must build a foundation for that connection as soon as you are able. This will strengthen action without thought. Roland shook his head. He never understood his father's speeches. He opened his mouth to say as much but cut off as Valdar lunged forward. He had drawn his eye tack from its sheath, dark metal glinting as it swung in. Twisting into the dancing leaf, Roland deflected the blow from the deadly blade and darted to the side. What in the element was that? Valdar's stern face held no emotion as he asked, What stone serves as the foundation for the others? His eyes flicked to the side before jerking his head. Roland had just enough time to adopt a new form to repel a pair of attacks from his mother. He danced back, raising his wooden blades, wondering if his parents had become possessed by the shadow. What stone is your foundation? his father repeated. This time, Anya attacked. Maybe she had received a signal, or maybe she simply wanted a piece of Roland. Using the twisting serpent, he blocked and leaped away the mountain heart is, he spat. And how do you receive it? Valdar asked before attacking with the charging boar. Roland used the deepened roots to negate the charge while maintaining his ground. Thankful that his wooden blades didn't fracture with the clash, he spun away and replied, it is gifted to me on the day of my trials from my family and clan, who built the foundation for my life. Which stone grounds the binding pendant and how do you find it? Another attack from his three opponents and another transition. The nature stone, Roland grunted while fending off further blows. It is most prevalent in the lowlands of the heartland, where the plants grow stronger and taller than the rest. How do you balance the power of the elements? With water, it melds across the binding to join the others, he replied while spinning up more transitions. He could hardly tell who was attacking him anymore. I'll find it where the water flows differ from the rest, but it is best to do so before the arrival of the monsoon and Othea's flood waters. His forms had built a rhythm as the attacks continued. Anya lunged at his back, but the smoldering ash form thwarted it and had him turning back around to meet his mother's assault. And how is the binding fueled? Valdar persisted with his interrogation, though joined in on the attack less often now. The ever burning fires of Kruskas will provide energy to the pendant. Roland didn't even need to think of his answer, just as he didn't think of his next form. His stones are found where old leaves smoulder or where the ice of the air season has receded before the season itself. Instead of waiting for the next attack, he shifted into the flame wall, directing his dancing blades at his sister. Anya started for a second, but her fused speed made up for her moment of hesitation as she countered. Just like with his attacks, Roland didn't wait for the next question. The essence of Thorlag's air season will provide the spark to ignite the binding. The stag's leap put him lunging at his mother, who for her own part reacted with precision, not only blocking the attack but countering it as well. The twisting wind got him clear while also avoiding a sneaky Anyar who had crept up behind him. With both opponents out before him, he pressed the attack while saying that season's waves ride higher than the rest, but once the season has passed, its elemental stones will form high in the mountain peaks to complete the pendant. For a moment, he felt like he might win the fight and land a blow on Anya. Then Snow kicked up to his right. He leaned back to narrowly avoid Valda's swiping talon. Remembrance that he wielded a real blade sparked an anger in Roland. He countered quickly, using a combination of forms on his father before the others could attack. Valdar blocked with ease, but then he spun. It was a long transition into the impaling ice form. It opened up a window for Roland and he struck out at the back of his father's head, knowing the wooden blade wouldn't kill the man. Maybe next time he wouldn't bring real weapons into a practice bout. The split second before Roland's talent found purchase, Valdar ducked, as if he saw the blow coming from the back of his head. When he came out of the transition, it wasn't in impaling ice, but in the reaping harvest. His talon swung in low, ready to cleave off Roland's leg at the knee. Again, at the last instant, he flicked the weapon and turned the blade aside. While the blade's edge didn't land, the flat of it still struck Roland's knee with bone splitting force and the leg buckled. He fell forward and onto his good knee. His cry of pain was cut off by the handle of Valder's eye tack as it connected with the side of Roland's head. The next thing he knew, his face lay pressed up against the ground. He didn't lift himself up to spit the blood out this time. Though the pain in his leg dwarfed what he felt in his jaw. Very good, Valdar said as he moved to stand over Roland. You stopped thinking and acted on instinct. You felt the fight, just as a fused might feel the elements bound inside them. That is what a strong foundation does. You only failed in one area. You forgot who your opponents were. Roland rolled over, hands going to his knee. Holy mother, did you have to break my leg? Don't worry, it's not broken, Valdar said. Was that a hint of humor Roland heard in his father's voice? And my face? Roland asked. Did you have to hit me like that after you already beat me? Valdar shrugged. No, but I wanted to make sure the point of the lesson was driven home, lest you forget what you learned today. Roland wasn't entirely sure what that lesson was. Perhaps it would come to him whenever the pain subsided, in a season or so. Bastina walked up alongside her husband and looked down with sympathy as she said, it isn't a proper training session if a mountain heart isn't needed by the end of it, he finished for her. Elements, he hated that expression. I need to run. We've got a lot of preparations to make before leaving tomorrow, Anya stated. She didn't show a hint of concern for her brother. If anything, she appeared annoyed at having spent as much time as she had with the training exercise. She glanced down at Roland from across the ring, eyes momentarily darting to his knee. I take it you no longer need me today? After a nod from Valdar she took off back up the path that led to the village. She passed another clan member on her way out. Elder Sybil walked towards the practice ring. Not a hint of her countless years showed in her step. Her long, white hair rested neatly beneath her tie-shar. Elders, may I have a word? she asked. Her bright eyes briefly looked about the practice ring before settling on Roland with an expression of disapproval. Go on. Valdar nodded at his wife. I'll take care of this. He knelt beside Roland while Bastina went to meet with Sybil. While none of the fused around Roland wore a coat over their leather vests, neither did any of them seem affected by the season's cold. Now that he no longer fought three opponents at once, that cold had started to work its way into his bones. Valdar fished into a pouch on his belt, retrieving a conductor. The wooden tube was hollow inside, save for the copper coils that ran its length. Next he pulled out a mountain heart, and not just any mountain heart, but a pure one. Its golden essence shone with a brilliance, even in the light of day. It was only slightly smaller than a fist. After helping Roland roll his pants leg up, Valdar held the stone against one end of the conductor while aiming the other end towards the wounded knee. His finger slid a notch down which extended copper prongs on either end of the coil inside the conductor. The cloud of essence within the mountain heart lit up instantly, and a steady golden stream flowed out of the conductor and into Roland's knee. It spread across his skin like a warm blanket, before penetrating to the muscles and tendons beneath. It went as far as to touch his bones, and every bit of it left him in a state of bliss. Not even the cold bothered him anymore. Valdar's face remained impassive and unapologetic. Roland glanced to the stone which gifted him the reprieve from the pain and asked, Is that the mountain heart I'll be taking on the trials? It is. Valdar nodded absently. Roland wondered when his parents had found it and why they hadn't mentioned it. Then it hit him. You found that on the outside as you ambushed, didn't you? I did, came the reply, with as much bland emotion as before. Roland shook his head. Why didn't you tell the elder council that you found it? His father raised a questioning eyebrow. Oh, come on, Roland said. You know I was listening to everything. You saw me. Valdar nodded again, I did. The simplistic and insufficient response made Roland want to scream in frustration. But just when he thought his father wouldn't say more, he continued, but if I told them what I found on the outsiders, then the council would have found their reason for our lack of mountain hearts. I needed them to still need answers. It was the only way I could get them to let me push for support from Chieftain Helgar. And why is that important? It sounds like they are right to suspect trespassing outsiders for our lack of mountain hearts. Valdar interrupted the stream of essence to prod Roland's knee with firm fingers. He still felt a soreness, but nothing like the tearing pain from before. Valdar proceeded to stow both conductor and mountain heart. As he rolled the pants leg back down, he said, that same group of outsiders tried to enter our territory two times before. Each time we spotted and intercepted them. It's the same for every incursion. Plus, I have an old contact among the Gastolian merchants. They report a slow but steady stream of mountain hearts in the black markets of Roomport. Even if the stray outsider slipped our notice all the way into the upper reaches of the inner rim, it wouldn't account for what is rumored to make it off our mountains. And so you suspect our own tribe and clansmen are doing it? Valdar took on a long, distant expression but didn't respond. He didn't need to. The silence confirmed it for Roland. And that woman you let go? Roland asked. Why do that and report all the outsiders as slain? His father's lip twitched up in a faint smile. Sometimes it's best to tell people what they need to hear. Besides, it wasn't me who let her go, that was you. Roland frowned in response, but before he could say more, they were interrupted by a fuming bastina. Elder Sibyl was already well up the trail en route to the village. Every ounce of his mother's once implacable patience had burned away, and the anger which had done it, now lay squarely focused on him. There's been an issue at the springs, she said, failing to force calmness into her tone. Silence reigned. His gut clenched, and he suspected that his father might need to pull out that mountain heart and conductor one more time before leaving the practice ring. As the moment drug out, she eventually continued, apparently someone thought it a good idea to turn one of the spring-fed pools into a hot spring. The water had grown so hot, only a fused strongback was capable of entering it to retrieve the two fire stones which had caused the incident, and that fused only barely managed it. Roland offered his best look of confusion. It almost crumbled when he glanced over to see his father staring back at him with raised brows and lip supporting a humorous expression. Upon returning to his mother, Roland said, This sounds like council business. Maybe I should go. He started to rise, but a boot from his mother pushed back down on his chest, sending him reeling to the frozen ground again. People are talking, she stated, wondering who could have been so stupid as to try such a stunt. No full member of the tribe, that's for sure. Fused or unfused, they all know the power of elemental stones better than that a youth then, one old enough to have an idea of how the elements work, while also of an age to go ranging outside the village where they could acquire the stones. He opened his mouth to protest but couldn't think of the right words to deflect suspicion without implicating Sasha. Bastina's face widened. Oh Roland, you idiot. I told Elder Sybil you couldn't be so dense. What were you thinking? He couldn't help himself before blurting, I wasn't. Aye, she cut him off before he could stammer an excuse. Why? What were you trying to do? She drifted off, then her eyes bulged. Tell me it was just you. Tell me Sasha wasn't involved. His lips parted, but he hesitated. For some reason he looked to his father for support. To his surprise, Valder's brows had raised even higher and his grin threatened to split his face open. Turning back to his mother, Roland said, Sasha wasn't involved. It came out more as a request offered in prayer. Bastina threw her arms up in the air. Holy mother! We drink that water, Roland. She walked off to make a circle and he sprang to his feet. It wasn't like that, he said, eager to build a defense. It was just an experiment. She rounded on him, jabbing a finger in his direction. Oh, I bet it was an experiment all right. No, it wasn't like that, he offered. You better pray to the mother it was nothing like that, she replied. He found himself speechless. Everything that came out of his mouth only dug a deeper hole. His father casually rubbed a hand over his face, failing to conceal suppressed laughter. Bastina turned on her husband. This isn't funny. His face immediately straightened, returning to its usual sternness. No, it isn't. Roland this is an embarrassment. Just shut up. You aren't helping, she barked. Valdar nodded in eager agreement and remained silent. Everyone did. The uncomfortable situation only grew more so as the moment drug on. Bastina's heaving chest slowly calmed, and eventually Roland ventured, so, what now? She sighed and threw up a hand in a helpless gesture. Luckily you two are leaving in the morning for Werton. That will delay things a bit, and maybe by the time you return from the trials everyone will have forgotten about this little mess. Roland almost nodded in agreement but caught himself. His mother pointed a finger at him again, you've put us in a bad spot. I suggest that you steer clear of her from here on. If her father starts to suspect anything, neither your father or I will be able to stop him from going after retribution for despoiling his daughter. I didn't despoil. She cut him off with a raised hand. Drop it Roland. I'm afraid you may be forced to tie in a marriage braid far sooner than you ever thought possible. She turned and headed back up the path to the village. Valdar only nodded in silent agreement before following. Roland sighed, and his whole body deflated. It felt like he just had the elements beaten out of him, and in more ways than his sparring session had done. It'll get better when I fuse, he told himself. Maybe then he could find the freedom to do as he wished. Though part of him knew that would never fully be the case. He might rid himself the burden of being a youth, but he'd always be subject to his clan and his tribe.